Isn't that lovely? Here we are in the second week of August already. Okay, the, the monthly theme is A World That Works for Everyone. And last week we talked about transforming lives, right? So there you go, up on the big, up on the big banner, transforming lives. And now we're moving to practical spirituality because that's who and what we are, yes? This is what we do. This is the, the pra whole practice of religious science is practical spirituality, transforming lives, our lives and the lives of others through this practical spirituality. And Ernest Holmes, in this article that he wrote for the Science of Mind magazine in 1948, said this. He said, the science of mind is a way through which we use the power of this kingdom for practical purposes, an instrument of the spirit within us. It is necessary for us to know that in a very true sense, thoughts are things. It is necessary we understand how to use this power of right thinking for definite purposes. We need to understand the law of mind in action is the movement of universal law of cause and effect. We must come to have complete confidence in this law. <clears throat> That's what we mean when we say practical spirituality, yes? We know that there is a law in the universe. We know that the universe is a, is a, uh, a, a compendium of physical and spiritual laws and that we must align with these laws. We don't make them. We, uh, uh, you know, don't, don't control them. We align with them to allow them to flow through us. So this is what we mean by practical spirituality. It's knowing of these laws, being aware of them, and being able to align with them in such a way as that they can improve our lives, right? That's what we do here, right? This is, this is our, our faith, our philosophy, our way of life. And our catchphrase, really, Kind of our mission, if you will, right? I mean, look at this place. Vision exists. Vision exists so that we may transform lives through practical spirituality. That's what we do here. That is what we do here. Transform lives through this practical spirituality. And to what end? So that we may awaken all of humanity to his and her spiritual magnificence. That is the end game, right? Why? Why? so that we can create a world that works for everyone. So this is what we do, this is how we do what we do, and this is why we do it. This is why we are who we are. This is why vision exists, to transform the world by transforming ourselves. Everything begins within. Everything begins in the individual consciousness, right? And then like a pebble in a pond, it resonates out from there. It is the cumulative effect. It is critical mass, right? And the world changes. When something is known in consciousness, it eventually reaches critical mass, and then it is known everywhere, yes? It's kind of the way everything happens. Ernest Holmes said this in an open letter. He said, in other words, we must be practical idealists. I love that, practical idealists. There is only one ultimate power in the universe, and that is God. In such a degree as we contemplate the allness of God and hook that allness up with our imagination, even with the most trivial act, that act is accomplished by divine power. 
So, so nothing happens by us. Right? Nothing happens by us. We don't walk around saying, I'm God, ha, 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 you know. Nothing happens by us. Everything happens through us. We are the conduit through which this power and presence can flow. And the clearer we are about what we want and who we are and how we want to accomplish our goals, the clearer we are, the easier it is for spirit to flow through us. Right? We have to be those clear vessels through which spirit can flow. I remember, was it Mark Twain years and years ago said, God, I, could, I can teach anybody to get what they want. Problem is, I've never met anybody who knows what they want. <laughs> you know, we have to be clear about what we want. And this power and presence within us can flow very easily out and around us and do the work and change conditions because that's what it is. But the act itself is accomplished by this divine power, not by us prevents us from having that sense of, you know, false, you know, spiritual superiority. (laughs) So in that open letter, Ernest Holmes goes on to say this, we must surrender the destructive to the constructive. There is just one imposition which the infinite makes if we are to transcend the lesser mental and physical combativeness. And that one thing is, act as I act be as I am. And he goes on to say, Jesus put it in a much more beautiful way when he said, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father, which art in heaven, is perfect. So it is, a, it is upon us. It, it's our uh, responsibility to give up the destructive thoughts for the constructive thoughts. To, um, you know, as Ernest Holmes used to say, uh, we need to be for something not against things, for things. We must go toward the constructive and not the destructive. This means we have to stop thinking about what we don't want. Oh, man, you know? We have to stop thinking about what we don't want. And you would think that'd be easy. It's simple. Ernest Holmes said, it's simple. You'd think it would be easy. But I think this is what catches us all the time. I think this is what catches us all the time. We fall into that habitual habit of old beliefs. We just go down that road of, of, you know, fear and, and false beliefs and limiting beliefs and, oh, my God, and what ifs, you know, all of those things. That keeps us going around and around, manifesting the same old things we have always manifested because we keep thinking the same old thoughts which manifested the things we've manifested. Make sense? I know, it's like convoluted, but you get it, right? I was a PTA president years and years ago, and we used to do fundraisers and all that kind of jazz. And I remember one of the the, um, sayings that the PTA had is, if you always do what you always did, you will always get what you always got. And we know the same thing in New Thought, don't we? If you always think the same old thoughts, you're always going to get the same old manifestations. Or, you know, the definition of insanity, right? We know that one. You keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. That's the definition of insanity. Ernest Holmes says we keep doing things with monotonous regularity. Well, doesn't that sound boring? (laughs) We keep doing the same things with monotonous regularity. We must surrender the destructive to the constructive. We have to finally let go 
of the things we don't want. Let go of the thoughts of the things we don't want. We must be, as he said, the I am. Act as I am. Be as I am. We must act as I am, which means the I am. The I am that created the whole universe, that I am. That's what he's talking about. The I am that we know ourselves to be, that that seed of perfection, like Emerson said, that seed of perfection nestled within us, that is spirit, that is Holy Spirit, that place within us that has never been hurt, never been harmed, never been diseased, never been sick, never been lied to, never been less than. That seed of perfection that is within us, that is the truth of who we are. That is the I am, and that's what we must know ourselves to be and speak from that. We have to release our littleness. We have to release the fear of being rejected, the fear of not being enough, the fear of the unknown. We have to release that, the fear that somehow we're weak or we're sick or we're alone or we're incapable. We have to let go of all that nonsense. It's not the truth of us. And how do we do this? (laughs) Well, it is practical, right? It is a practical spirituality. So Ernest Holmes goes on to say this. In the Science of Mind textbook, well, actually, it's not the textbook. It's the commentary on the 1926 um, textbook that he wrote. That was the original. Did you know that there was an original before there was the edited version? Anyway, there was a 1926 version of the Science of Mind. It was called the Science of Mind and Spirit. And then they edited it, and then the one that we use in classes is the 1938 version. Little different, but mainly the same. However, he wrote a commentary to the 1926 version. And if you ever get your hands on it, it's amazing. Because he actually goes through the 26th edition, and he makes comments on what he wrote and why he wrote. He explains what he It's amazing. He, anyway, he said this. When it comes to the practical use of this spiritual approach, we put off the day because we do not believe we know how to use it. We will never know how to use it until we use it. (laughs) I love that. That's what he says. All the rest is theory. You will find when it comes to practice, you throw all your books out of the window, and you have to sit right down in the middle of yourself and do it anyway. All we study for is a way, a scientific way, a way according to a law with a definite technique of getting to the place where we can throw all these things out the window. And all the prayers somebody else has said and do our own praying. That's amazing, right? Now, we have licensed practitioners here, yes. You just saw a couple of milestone practitioners. We have a plethora of practitioners here at Vision. They are lovely people. They are here to serve you. They know our wholeness. They pray on our behalf, and they place into the law, the universal subjective mind, the truth on behalf of their clients. That is what they do. But they are no closer to God than you are. They have no magic words, no incantations, no formulas you don't have. Yes, they have gone to school extensively, extensively, and I mean years, to study these principles, to live from the absolute, to know, to to cut through the condition and know the cause. Yes, they have done that. 
So they absolutely know from the bottom of their heart that scientific affirmative prayer works. And they use it. They align with it perfectly to outpicture a change of conditions on behalf of their clients. But they are no more God than you are. Right? Each and every one of us. Spirit in form. In fact, Ernest Holmes said we're all practitioners, doesn't he? In his textbook, he said we're all practitioners. We're all using the law every day of our lives to limit our experience of life or to, you know, expand our experience of life. We are all using the law every day. We say, I am, fill in the blank. <laughs> I am broke. Congratulations. Yes, you are. The universe says, right? <laughs> or, I am abundant. I am sick. I'm healthy. I'm, I'm loved. I'm lonely. Whenever we speak our great I am, the universe says yes. <clears throat> we are all practitioners. Some of us get licensed. Some of us get licensed through an, a uni uh, uh, an international organization like Centers for Spiritual Living. But we're all practitioners. We've all used that law, that power that is greater than we are, that we can use, that Ernest Holmes said. We're all doing it every day of our lives. We've done it every day that we've taken form. We have believed certain things are true about us, and lo and behold, they outpicture as our experiences in life. We are all using the law. The practitioners specialize in it. And so we must use the practitioners here at Vision. We must use them, call them, have them pray on our behalf. A licensed practitioner should be your first cost of <laughs> a licensed practitioner of vision should be your first course of action. It should be your first course of action. You know, like those old TV dramas. I love those old, you know, medical dramas. Drama. <laughs> what is it today? <laughs> those medical shows on TV where they, you know, they go to the family and they go, "We've done everything we can. Now it's in God's hands." <laughs> it's like, why didn't you start there? You know, it's like, why didn't you start there? That's where we need to start. We need to go to God first. Anytime, anytime something is challenging us, affirmative prayer should be your first move, not your last resort. Always, always, when something looks amiss or something comes up or something's not right, right? Like, hmm, well, that's interesting. <laughs> I'll go to prayer. You know, like those bumper stickers, I don't know if you've seen them, the bumper stickers that say, God is my co-pilot. Honey, if God is your co-pilot, you are in the wrong seat. You know, it's just, you need to switch. <laughs> because it's got to be the, 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 the plan of first resort. And here's the great thing about practitioners. It is so much easier to know the truth for someone else, isn't it? Holy moly, I'm telling you, it is the truth. It is so much easier to look upon someone else and go, I see the God in them. And to know it's a perfect, whole, and complete being, and it's a perfect, perfect outpicturing. And yet, for ourselves, sometimes we're challenged with that. Sometimes when it's us, you know, you can't see the forest through the trees, you know that thing, that, that expression? And that's when we call practitioners. Practitioners call practitioners. I don't know, did you know that? Practitioners call practitioners. Okay, absolutely. Ministers call practitioners. Ministers call ministers. Because first and foremost, ministers are practitioners. We need someone to know the truth on our behalf when we have temporarily misplaced it. Everyone does. Everyone. <clears throat> and 
And I must tell you that practitioners and ministers, yes, most of the time we do our own praying, just like Ernest Holmes said. We throw the books out the window, and we practice this spirituality. Well, I didn't literally throw the books out the window because I collect books. You should see my house. Okay. Books, bookcase, 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 bookcase. Okay. I love books. I collect them. So, no, I didn't actually throw them out the window, but I understand what he's saying. We, we stop all the theorizing, and we stop just talking about it, and we go home and we experiment with it, right? You know, we gather here to, on Sundays and we talk about this amazing philosophy and this amazing transformational practice that we have. But then we have to go out and actually use it. You know, we have to put it into practice. We have to prove the principle. That's what Ernest Holmes said. We have to prove the principle. Practical application. Ernest Holmes said this. Now, as to the practical application of the principle of right thinking, we are conscious that our word sets a creative law in motion. This law is receptive to the word, acts upon it, and out of its own creative genius brings the word, the ways, and the methods, and the means necessary for the manifestation of the word. Right? So we pray wholeheartedly, we pray from the absolute, we pray from that place where there is no duality, there is only God is good and good is God and God is our good, we pray from there and conditions change around us. There you have it. I could have just said that and we could have gone to coffee. That's all you need to know. <clears throat> when we meditate, right, you know, we talked about the five steps of, of affirmative prayer. When we meditate on those first two steps, Recognition, we're recognizing God is all there is, that's all. That no matter where I look in this universe, all I'm seeing is God in a different form. The tree is God in form. The, the sidewalk is God in form. The chair I'm sitting on is God in form. Every single person that crosses my path is God in form. We, we see and we recognize everything in the manifest universe is, is the spiritual outpicturing of an idea. And then step two, unification, we understand that we are that also. That we are that also, that we are some shining bright light, we are some gem, we are some individualized expression of the allness and the wholeness of God. Are we all that God is? No, I'm not saying that. I am saying everything that God is is contained with us, that we are some part of the whole life of God, expressing perfectly and expressing individually. We are the absolute in motion. And something new is created when we speak our I am. Something new is always created when we speak our I am into our own life. It's not that we change or that we change things, but that we allow this power to flow through us and change the conditions around us. And that's transformative. Ernest Holmes said, a new birth takes place in such a degree that we become conscious of this divine presence and we permit its entrance into our intellect. It is beyond reasoning, but it is not beyond reason. It is a thing that is felt rather than said or taught. And you know that your practitioner knows that. You know that when you go to the practitioner, they know. They pray until they know. 
And if they don't know, they keep praying. Have you ever had those practitioner sessions where once it's like 10 minutes or it's two hours, like it just, you know, <laughs> oh well. It depends on the consciousness of the practitioner. They have to know that they know that they know. This is Ernest Holmes' philosophy and ministry his whole life. There is a power that greater than we are in this universe and we can use it. And I would dare to say it can use us. That's what this practical spirituality is all about. So then, how, where, when, and why do we pray? How, when, where, and why do we pray? Well, we talked about that in, in the beginning, right? Should be, it should be the, the path of first, first cause for you. It should be the first place you go. It shouldn't be your last resort. It should be your first resort, right? My, my dear Practu teacher, who is, a, is a, a practitioner emeritus here at Vision, Billy Francis, she said to our Practu class when I was in it, she said, anything that takes you out of the holy instant is worthy of prayer. Anything that takes you out of the holy instant is worthy of prayer. So that means anytime we fall under the illusion of separation, anytime we believe the voice of fear in our ears, anytime we believe the limited or the judgment, anytime we believe the less than, anytime we believe the us versus them, Anytime we start going down that road, we have fallen into the illusion of separation. Anytime we're thinking and, uh, uh, and judging from the effect and not standing in cause, we have fallen into the illusion of separation. And things have been challenging lately, haven't they? Just a little, maybe? A little bit of us and them going on in this country, do you feel it? There is the energy of divisiveness in this country. And if we fall into it, we're part of the problem. We're not the solution. Then we are not living from absolute. We are, we are looking at the conditions. We're getting caught up in the conditions. We're getting hypnotized by the conditions. And then we are speaking from the condition. We're speaking from our limitation and from our lack and what needs to change. We're not speaking from the absolute. You know. It is so easy to pray up the people we love. I love doing sessions. I love sitting down with like-minded people and praying their wholeness and knowing their wholeness and watching them outpicture their wholeness. It is just a joy for me. It's easy to pray for people we love. It's okay to pray for people all the way across the world that I don't know. Don't know them from Adam, right? It's okay to pray peace and love and joy for people I don't, I don't know them at all. It's a challenge to pray people we don't like, isn't it? Right? We don't agree with. <laughs> and we believe they're doing life wrong because we judge. Those are the people we have to pray up the most, right? Because it's our mind. So one of the things that they tell the practitioner student is that the, the prayer never leaves the mind of the one praying. Hmm. So it is our mind that we must expand into the universal mind, right? It's a challenge to pray up those people we don't like, but that's, but that's what we have chosen to do. Those are the people we have to pray on more than anyone else, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. You know, uh, <laughs> I mean, Ernest Holmes would say, you know, we have to, we have to pray. What do we, we have to pray until we see people as God sees them. 
Now, there, now there's your assignment this week. <laughs> Pray them until you see them as God sees them, innocent, whole, perfect, and complete, regardless of the condition regardless of what they do, regardless of how they act. Pray them until, God, until you can see them as God sees them, whole, perfect, and complete. Ernest Holmes said this, in bless and curse not. He said, it is, it is difficult at times to meet antagonism with love. But this is exactly what we must always remember, that deep within everyone and everything is only this one life, this one presence and this one power. That's all that we have. That's all that there is. And so if every word that proceeds out of our mouth are either blessings or curses, right? Every word that proceeds from our mouth. We must stay at the level of the absolute all the time when we are speaking our I am. We have to stay at the, less, at the level of absolute where there is no duality. There are no curses. We stay at that level of absolute where there are, there are no negative thoughts. There is no blame. There's no shame. There's no guilt. There's no false beliefs. There's no curses. There's nothing at the, at the place of absolute, and we must speak from the place of absolute, and we speak our word into the law from that place, and it must be all good because it's all God. We cannot speak anything for ourselves we would not want for everyone else. We cannot speak anything into the law that is not on, uh, on behalf of the good of all humanity everywhere. Ernest Holmes said this, and I'm going to just finish up with this. He said, the practical application of this principle is a thing of thought, and its technique is a certain way of thinking, and here is the crux of the whole matter. A practitioner in this field feels like he is using a power which is independent of any existing circumstance, for it can create a new condition just as easily as it can perpetuate the old. But so far as we are concerned, it creates a new condition only in accordance with the pattern of our thought. And because we are individuals, we must initiate the new patterns ourselves. In this way, we are co-workers. We are co-creators with the infinite. That is who you are. You are co-creator with the infinite. Stay in the absolute. Pray everyone and everything up until you see them as God sees them. That's your, that's your assignment this week. Thank you so much.